Welcome! Welcome! Well <laughs> to the, the dates, dates of our lives. lives, a podcast with Tunisia and Christy talking about dates, tarot, and magic, magic. and stuff related to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Today's podcast is going to be so fun. Oh my gosh. Because so we have reached. The 13th card. Yes. In the Major Arcana. Which means we have arrived at orgasm. The 13th <laughs> card. I'm sorry. Death. The 13th yes. card. Yes. Also known as the nameless card in the oh. Marseille deck. Oh, cool. Has no name. Um, but yeah, death is usually what it's named. I think maybe they just like left the name off because they were sus- suspicious. Oh. And maybe then they didn't have to write the number 13. I don't know. Oh, because all of those are, like, 13 always has, like, these negative. I love that number. That's my favorite number. It's a great number. I really love it, too, actually. But I know that people feel superstitious about 13. Yeah. And, I mean, here's another reason. It's like you're figuring out your numerology for the day. Oh, no, it adds up to 13. Death? Oh, I'm suspicious of 13 again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. What's Except gonna... usually, what is death? What, is, what do you think death means in a tarot reading? Oh, I, okay. This is what I think. I feel like there's like the obvious ones like transformation, especially because there's always like a little sun peeking up and like after the like demise. So I, but I was thinking about it as like something that requires patience, like the end of something. Mm-hmm. So for me, there's something about like what patience, what ritual, what skill do you need as something is coming to the end. That's and that, cool. And that no matter what you have, everything's going to end. And so you have to like really lean into wow. like so, like being in the end of something. Wow. Because like it's something else is coming. You don't know what that is either. But like you just need to be in this moment. Wow. That's such. I love that. Um, I think I tend to jump right off, right off into the transition when I think about the death card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that interpretation. Well, and I think it's my, for me, there's something like new about leaning into endings. Mm-hmm. Like I've been really trying to like, I realize I notice them a lot more than I used to. That's so cool. Cause I kind of feel like I have ending blindness sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I've been hearing you talk about it more and I'm like, Ooh, that's interesting. Cause like it is important to acknowledge like, even if you're, like, finishing, like, a course or something. Yeah. And like, or, like, integrating information. It's, like, that could be a part of the ending, right? Yeah. So, I think it's good not to blow through endings. Yeah. Really. Well, and I think, like, you know, everyone's, like, the ending is the beginning. And I'm, like, okay, sure. But that's true. But it's also the ending. But it's also the ending. Wow. And, like, often in wow. the end, we have we are met with this liminal space afterward before something else happens. Mm-hmm. Or, for me, I tried to invite that liminal space of, like, letting it just be. Mm-hmm. And what can I find in that, like, hollow nothingness mm-hmm. that, like, something really big just happened. And how can I, like, sit in the, like, the vacancy for like, a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting and cool because, yeah, uh, weird. Yeah, it gave me, like, a weird brain feeling to think about that. Yeah. Um, What about you? Being in a between between moments, but being in that. Yes. Like, where you're not thinking about the past or the future, you're just Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. the moment. That's really cool. That's a good... Maybe that's a cool interpretation is, like, being present in some sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I usually think... Like, I think of, like... 
I mean, I definitely think of, like, death as, like, this rolling quality. Because, hmm. like, and then also I think about how, like, everything on Earth is sort of part of one organism. Oh. Um, and then I, like, get really... <laughs> my brain is something weird. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool, like, we're breathing out. And, like, the trees are breathing in and then we're breathing out or in what they breathe out. And then, like, also the trees are, like tilling the earth because they're on like a totally different timeline than we are but also we're kind of part of it because we're all connected and it's just like such a freaking cool thing to think about how we're like gonna become fertilizer Mm -hmm. and then like but it's just so that this thing can keep on like growing and like shifting and changing forms and I really, I love that oh, kind of version. Of, like, a, it's a very alive version of death that I yeah. think about a lot. Yeah. And then we see it in our lives, like, on the slow seasonal cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Just with, like, the plants dying and then coming back. And um, But it, but I think that cycle is actually much faster than, yeah. than this, like, much slower thing that's constantly happening as well. That we wouldn't get to experience because we don't have, like, a lifespan long enough to experience it. Oh, I love that so much. It makes me think about time and how we can start to have, like, different relationships to time. Mm -hmm. And that time can be experienced as death, right? Mm -hmm. And endings and, like, and that... But that, like, we also have moments where time is, like, so elastic. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of a sudden you're just, like, in the slow motion. It's like, mm-hmm. and you're like, whoa, yeah. like, swimming through something. And I love this, this what mm. you said about, like, the trees are on their own time. Like, mushrooms are on their own time. Soil is on its own time. And then we have, like, this really finite, like, what the place we live in is so freaking old and expansive. Uh-huh. And we have a very tiny memory, yes. essentially. Even though, like, we could be like, oh, but, like, you know, our ancestors go back so far. But even then, even just, like, on the basis of ancestry, like, we still have a tiny memory compared yeah. to, like, the world. Yeah. But also, we're still a part of the world, like, intimately. Yes. Because we're, like, just cells and stuff, too. Yeah, it's so <laughs> great. Well, and, like, even, like, cells, I've been really into, like, cell, doing Mm. cell magic lately. Mm -hmm. And, like, cells are always dying and renewing. And so it's, like, there is this constant, like, I love when you said tilling. It made me think of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, circles and cycles Mm -hmm. and, like, actually, like, rototilling Earth. Yeah. Is, like, that, yeah, that is constant. Which is, I think, for me, like, when you reach. In your body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm like, do my cells have a moment where they're like hanging in liminal space for a moment? And they're right, like, and they're like, our co- your cells are like, our consciousness is even different than the <laughs> world. Which and the world is like your you, Tunisia, right? Yes, the world, Tunisia, is bigger than all of us. Yeah, we can't even experience the bigness of Tunisia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like the microcosm, macrocosm version of this is also just like insane to think about too yeah and also it reminded me of something i learned in my research which is that like we're gonna tie the death card to the idea of orgasm Mm. specifically uh, la petite mort which is the phrase that means the little death in french but it's been used as a euphemism for sex in English since the 1800s. Cool. <laughs> Hot facts with Christy. <laughs> but I did some other further reading and like ended up finding some connections to just like 
death and sex in science. And some of this was, like, too much for me. But one little interesting fact is that, like, the the way that cells have developed with reproducing creatures, Mm -hmm. once they successfully reproduce... That's when that's ha- that's the, the, when creatures started to successfully reproduce instead of just like being their own thing and reproducing from themselves. Mm-hmm. I guess with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, cells started to figure out how to die. <laughs> wow. So, so it's oh because my God, that's so amazing because you're continuing on, but in the form of this other creature. So then it's like, oh, now this cell can die. Like, it can shut down its auto-program to, like, eventually wow. die. And it's... So that's, like, a pretty interesting scientific connection between just sex and death. <laughs> straight up. Yeah. <laughs> and just at the level of our cells. Yeah. Which is, like, super fascinating. I also learned that, like... And this is... I don't think it's as discreet as, like, so when you have a kid, now you're gonna die. <laughs> like, it's not like that. But that's true. <laughs> But everyone's going to die. <laughs> In the same article I read, like, and if you don't have a kid, you're more likely to get cancer. So there you go. <laughs> I don't think it's meant to be, like, prescriptive advice. Like, right. want to live longer? Never have children. <laughs> it's not how it works. Um, but that was, like, kind of a little segue into sex and death. Yeah. Orgasm and death. And le petit mort. La petite Is it mort. La, la petite? Yeah, it's la petite mort. But, the, but there's no T on the end of no, because no. it's not, I don't, I was like, oh, that looks wrong, but it's right. Great. <laughs> it's a French lesson, a science lesson. Mm-hmm. And then cell magic also. Cell magic. Woo! So cool. I love it. So. So. What else did you I learn? tell you? Yeah, I want to know. About what I learned about La Petite Mort. The etymology is, it obviously comes from French. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there's like a similar Islamic phrase that oh. means the little death. And it's a phrase for dying. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> oh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like dying. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a phrase for, it's a phrase for when you're asleep. Oh, So okay. like being asleep, losing consciousness is the little death in this, mm. this like idea, this mm-hmm. rumination. And so when the mm-hmm. phrase from France, French first came into English... It basically meant that, like, a losing consciousness or having, like, a fainting fit or something like that. Oh, okay. And then in the 1800s, late 1800s, it started to be related more to uh, the, the, the suspension of consciousness after orgasm. Yeah, because you just black the fuck out. <laughs> Do you? You might. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so, but this was fascinating because I was like, okay, cool. So some of this was, like... Spiritual transcendence, like, connection to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be, like, like yeah, just, like, losing consciousness, altered consciousness. But it could also be, like, melancholy, loss, <laughs> feeling like some of your life force has been sapped out of you. And I was like, what? And so it's also, like, similar on the Wikipedia page, post-nut clarity is right up there next to le petit mort. Oh. <laughs> le petit mort. So I was like... Recently, I had this question of, like, what does post-nut clarity mean? I had always thought. Post-nut clarity. <laughs> Let's just say that again, everyone. Post-nut post nut clarity. clarity. For those of you in the back, post-nut <laughs> clarity. Sounds like a cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. 
I'm reading just... my post-nut clarity. I'm brought to you <laughs> by oat milk. <laughs> okay, I'm so thank you. I've always have you heard that phrase before? Post-nut clarity? No. Whoa! Okay, because I had heard it before and I have always thought, yeah, totally. Like after sex, I'm like, great. I'm super clear. I want to have waffles! Or, oh, I'm super clear. Aha! Uh-huh. I love you! <laughs> like, oh, really? I'll have, like, these moments of clarity, right? And oh, I, it's okay. usually waffles or I love you. Oh, for me. <laughs> for me. <laughs> so good. So good. But when I was talking to Henry about it, it's like, no, no, no. It's always, like, a sense of, like, depression or melancholy. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's what it great. means. Oh. And so I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary. Great. And it's true. Like, they concur that it's uh, it's like a melancholic state after sex. I don't have that. I don't either. I mean, I definitely have a sense of euphoria and over-excessive chattiness. <laughs> so maybe that's my clarity. I'm like, <laughs> like that. I just want to, like, fuck your little ear off. I'm like, ooh, I know what I want. I Waffles want I love with you. an avocado. I love you. <laughs> yeah, right? You just spell I love you with whipped cream on my waffles. <laughs> That's, like, what I associate with it. But I have had times, like, after orgasming where I'm like, oh, life is so fleeting, you know? And then I'll feel oh. a little sad. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's like that. So interesting. Have you ever felt sad after orgasming? I'm thinking about this right now. Yeah. I think the answer is maybe. Yeah. Like, I think maybe by myself I know that sense. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because that's, it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's with a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I, but I don't think with someone else I've felt that. But by myself I have. Just like, the fun continues. I'm like, I was just like in like really intimate relationship with someone. That's so, this is really fun. But I think by myself, maybe I can feel that. Because it's like an emotional, like for me, I'm like, oh, the clarity part is like maybe something emotional could be processed at that moment. Yeah. Or something like Mm -hmm. that. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, apparently men, women um, will experience this like melancholy. Okay. And then like the Greco-Roman belief was that like you actually lose part of your like essence. And oh, it, I've heard this. And it leads to you dying sooner. <laughs> oh, right. And there's like weird things where like I, okay, the movie I'm thinking about is. Oh I want to know because Hang I'm on. also thinking about the movie. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have an idea. I have, I have Raging idea. Bull. <laughs> I, I found the shelf very quickly this oh, time. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Raging Bull, there's a scene. So he's a boxer and like his coach is like, you can't have sex with your girlfriend, wife, person. I can't remember who she is. And it's because you will ejaculate in your life force and you need that power and potency in the ring. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that yeah. that ideal is very old. Yeah. That's an old so concept. Old. And maybe it's like true because maybe post-nut clarity is more common for men. It seemed to skew slightly more common based on the research I was reading. Okay. But then also, I was thinking of a different movie. Yeah, what movie are you thinking about? <laughs> I have about? to remember what movie it was. It's one with like Jim Carrey and some, <laughs> uh, and it's he's like very young. Mm. Oh, it's called One Spitten. Mm. And he's like this young high school guy, like pressuring his girlfriend to have sex. And she's like, no, no, I want it to be special. 
Then he's like, I'm going to go cruise downtown. And he ends up having or meeting a very sexy vampire. I was really hoping that when Spitten met that there was a vampire in this movie. <laughs> and the, the way in which she gained her youth was by sucking blood from his inner thigh. Because that's where his life force was. It was close oh, to his like life force his center. Yeah, his groin. groin. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that also ties in. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. Into the philosophy. Yeah. But yeah. Yo, tell me more. I love this. I feel I like I've read have... it so much. Well, okay, so I looked up the etymology of some other words too, like orgasm. It yeah. comes from uh, a word for like to ripen or Ooh. like fill out or be in heat. <gasps> and it's about female orgasm. Oh, That's what it was originally yeah. about, which I was like, that is so cool. That is cool because it is like, I mean, that is part of my my research project was to learn about the types of orgasms. Mm. Um, it's I'm not going to go in depth because I'm not a scientist, but I did learn some things. But I do know this that like if you have a vulva, it like fills with blood, which is the same mm-hmm. thing that happens to a penis. Yeah. But it's like yeah, like if you think about like the juicy, like juicy. very sensual fruit-like quality, mm-hmm. food-like quality sometimes of the vulva. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice. Papaya. Ooh, papaya. <laughs> That's the fruit I associate with Yeah, with the vulva. <laughs> I love that. Which is actually really apropos because the word orgasm, if you go back far enough, I think comes from Sanskrit. Mm. And the word is orja. And that means nourishment, sap, and vigor. So there you go, our fruit, fruit pussy. Fruit pussies! Hashtag fruit pussy nourishment! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, there you go. That's so good. Well, I, I mean, as someone who has a vulva and a clitoris, Mm. I am like so deeply moved by the fact that it's this beautiful little piece of like sculpture in your body. Mm Mm-hmm. That is designed purely for pleasure mm-hmm. and like has, and it's like, like I think of it like if we're t- going back to like our nature imagery from earlier, like it has like all these like neural networks mm-hmm. in your body. And yeah. so you can like experience an orgasm in every part of your body, which is so cool. That's so cool. Wait, how, so the networks actually just go to every part of your body? No, but it like spreads out. And yeah. so you feel it like in the like, you know, mm-hmm. the pelvic region. All through but it. if yeah. you consider that we're all just connected. But like, yeah, because your breath is connected. Right. It's yeah. the same thing we were talking. It's the cell. Cell magic. The cell magic. It's the thing of like, the cells are like, we're all connected. And like yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And so I, yeah. So the, the things I found out are some things that maybe all of you know already. Ooh, we can um, Yeah. So if you have a vulva, mm-hmm. you can have clitoral and you have a clitoris to go with that. Um, you can have clitoral orgasms, which mm-hmm. are like the most common kind for, um, people, for people with, with vulvas and for, clitorises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like, and then you, if you like you, there are vaginal orgasms, which are less common. I don't have like numbers for you. I know. How do they get these in this number? Yeah. Like, I was curious curious about like who they're interviewing. Yeah. The one thing I will say that comes up a lot is that folks in queer relationships have way more orgasms than Mm. women, people in heterosexual relationships. However, men, people in those same heterosexual relationships have orgasms often. 
And so there's, there is something to be said for orgasm equity. Just so you know, my face is like shocked right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, Christy's making I'm a like, shocked excuse face. excuse me. It's shocked, disgusting <laughs> Therefore, everyone should be queer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so there is something, yeah. And I have read this in a number of places and talking to people who have had, who are in like hat relationships, you're like, yeah, it's really dissatisfying. Aww. And I, that makes me feel bad. And also like, well, there's also a if lot you're of a het guy listening to this, you should maybe think about reading books yeah. that prioritize the pleasure and joy of reciprocal, mutual pleasure. Yeah. And orgasm. And I also would think I like, I'm, I'm, Aware that our culture has shamed women for pleasure for oh yeah ever forever. So if you're a, a person with a, a vulva and a clitoris, you can also do research because you can learn techniques. Like this is what I did when I first started having sex. I just did research about yeah. how. To yeah. Well, and I think there's something about yeah. Like I think with all of it, I'm just going back to like that book, um, the Come As You Are, mm-hmm. Emily Nagoski. Uh, it's like, I do think that that book helped me understand a little bit about like my own patternings around mm-hmm. like my sexual self. And like, I've never had big hangups about like orgasm or sex. Like I find it to be such a joyful part of how I <laughs> self-express. Um, but I do think like, yeah, there, we, I have been socialized too yeah. to feel shame in that and to be like, you must be slutty. And I'm like, totally. <laughs> Right, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, so if you have, you can have. This is something else I learned. Oh so, yeah, tell me, tell me. So, um, for all you slutty people out there, you can have a blended orgasm of <gasps> clitoral and vaginal orgasm. Oh yeah, which are very fun. Very fun. Um, there's also deeper inside the mm-hmm. vagina is the G spot, um, which is like. So are a, they differentiating between a G spot orgasm and a vaginal? Yeah, orgasm? Yeah, they are. Cool. Because I think you can still just. I've also heard that people can have like cervical orgasms. What? Yeah, which I'm like, that's. But the cervix is like, don't touch me. For me. <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, I think for some people it might feel really good. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, you could reach it with penises or hands uh-huh. or toys. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, some other things you can have anal orgasms. Uh I know those are pretty fun too. That's cool. And if that's, if you are, yeah, there's like, anyone can have that. If you have a prostate, it's like even more exciting probably. Mm. Um, because that's like, you can have like prostate stimulation and that's like its own kind of orgasm. What's the name of that? You recommended this other podcast that's exclusively Mm. think about sex. Yeah. I listened to their episode about anal and mm-hmm. it was so informational and great. I recommend it. What's their name again? Um, I think it's called, uh, we'll look it up, but we'll yeah. tag it in the show we'll notes. We'll tag it in the show notes. If you want to just learn more about anal in general, because that's yeah. another shame topic. Oh, yeah. But I it's will so say. fun. I highly recommend butt stuff for all of you. <laughs> butt stuff. Yeah, butt stuff. Um, then there was multiple orgasms. So like, you know, happening on all places. Um, and then this one was cool. Like, nipples are a place mm-hmm. where you can have orgasms. I've heard a lot of people yeah, experience that. that. Um, and then this one I loved because I was like, oh, is imagery induced? So it's oh, like you might you not like- be touching, but you're just like really deep in fantasy. And I've totally had orgasms where I'm like, just like, 
oh, yeah, just like can like fly away, but not no nothing. No nothing. No nothing. No, yeah, well, okay, because if you're dreaming, like so imagery induced is not necessarily external imagery. Right. It could be like internal because like I I know that there's differences between like maybe people uh, who have more like testosterone it's like easier for them to like look at something and get turned on. Oh cool. And for me my experience is like I can tell a story and it will be like really awesome. Yeah. But I don't need pictures Mm -hmm. because I can see it in my imagination. Yeah. And then like yeah, so storytelling or, like, dreams or whatever, like, all of that Have could you... count as imagery. Oh, yeah. Cool. Like, I've definitely had orgasms in dreams and woken up yeah. having an orgasm and being like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> I know, it's so much. There's so many amazing ways to experience pleasure in your body. Mm-hmm. And as I was pondering it, I was like, oh, I remember listening to this episode of something. Anyway, it was Adrienne Murray Brown talking about how she makes sure she like comes at least once a day. And it was Oh, I remember reading I think it was in Pleasure Activism. Okay. Right? Maybe or maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Too. But it was like so cool because like she kind of reframes like what that means. And it's Mm -hmm. not always like, sometimes it's about like actual masturbation or maybe sex with a partner, but that it also could be about creation Mm -hmm. and like to externalize this like welling up of like desire or, or joy or whatever. And like to externalize it. And I loved that because I think something that as I was reading through all of this was like, and especially like the, fact of like if you're in a heterosexual relationship as a woman you might not experience as much like orgasmic pleasure is like how can we reframe what pleasure is and Mm -hmm. orgasm and and like and that experience in our bodies of like paying attention to breath Mm -hmm. and sensation yeah like breathing orgasms are a thing too yes that's like like energy orgasms yeah (laughs) which i mean is like i think like you know it's like one side of like tantrism right Right. it's like but but I was like, oh, I think that's like for me how you, how I can like lean into like my own queerness around like orgasm and pleasure is like, how do we queer what we mean by sex in general? Mm-hmm. Right. Which is a great point because it's like socially, it just changes all the time. Yes. And and there was actually a pretty interesting, I don't know how I got into it, but I was reading a Wikipedia page about 
women's sex lives in like medieval Europe. <laughs> oh yeah. And I don't. I just read the whole thing and I took a bunch of notes. And I don't know why. <laughs> what did you like, learn? Well, for one, Christy, I learned that historian. if you were not married, you would show all your hair, and it was long because you kept it growing it out. And if you were married, you hate it. So that oh. was like a little like, hey, look, still single. Yeah, got still got it. Hair. <laughs> but the other thing I learned is that any act of procreate or any act of any sexual act that didn't result in procreation was called sodomy. Any oh, act. So it wasn't okay. even just about like uh, butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just like it could be like maybe if you were like a. A prostitute, right? Yeah. Or, but I, I don't know if it's like, I don't think they're just like going back and measuring every time somebody has a baby, but that was yeah. the definition. So it, okay. it's like all the definitions change all the time. They do. They do. And what we think, like, I think in our culture, like our definition of sex, the overculture's definition of sex is often like penetrative sex between yeah. a penis and a vagina. Yeah. And that's totally. so limited. It's so limited. And there's like so many. And I think like over, I've just been really enjoying talking to people about like all the ways that we can imagine what sex mm. and like feeling good in our body. And then like in a consensual experience with someone else, what that is like. And mm. that's, it's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. And it's also like, less I mean it's more creative because it's less prescriptive yeah and, um, like checking a box or something yeah you know? there's play involved and yeah. there's creativity but there's also just like sweetness or like yes whatever feels sweet and good right yeah and that pleasure yeah. pleasure is the point and yeah. not orgasm right which I think is like there's something there's like th- a goal yeah and I can get so kind of single western mind. culture it is I can too I can get a little like <laughs> but it must happen but then if I can like let go of that and just like breathe right uh-huh. and be like oh what's and, and so there's something like going back to what I said about like that liminal space like where's that curiosity and the like is it gonna happen like what if it doesn't and like can I just be in this moment of like right. it feels so great that is so cool Full circle back to the death card, which could just be like that moment of being like, oh, wait, maybe surrender, release Mm -hmm. any expectation and see what is pleasurable here or like what is here. And like, and that's like so erotic in some ways because you're like, whoa, like, whoa, I'm actually here and what is happening? This is great. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I was listening to, I, I've just been, when I go on walks, I listen to podcasts, but thinking about like the joys of kink in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about this a little bit last time, but like, mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, there is something about like, I'm looking at your uh, a thing you have on your wall, trust, something about trust, yeah. but, but like trust and play and surrender and also like tipping yourself into these other realms of like possibility for how your body can feel. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I love that because I do kind of feel like, like you were saying all the different kinds of orgasms and I'm like, cool. Like I'm, cause I always like, I did for a while. I did try to kind of categorize in my mind. I'd be like, Oh, that experience was so different and unique. But then it's like, it's almost always so different. (laughs) But I'm like, wait, so actually, like, I don't know if this was a this kind or a this kind yeah. or a joint kind or whatever. Yeah. There's, I don't feel like it's easy to determine that. Right. And even these ones, I'm like, like... emotions are part of it. Yeah. Like, like, if someone, like, kissed my neck and that, oh. I will just come all over. Oh, you. yeah. <laughs> just for sure. <laughs> In case you're wondering. 
thought I would tell you that. <laughs> it's a life hack. Yeah, yeah. Life hack. go for it. See what happens. It'll be fun. Um, but yeah, just the idea of like, there's so many possibilities. Oh, I can't remember what I was thinking. It had something to do with what you were saying before. We can come back to it. But I do have a question for you. Okay. Do you smell? Do you smell? No, that's not what I was going to ask her. <laughs> do you spell? Do you spell? Come. C-U-M. I spell C-O-M-E. it C-O-M-E because do I don't like it coming C-O-M-E? C-O-M-I-N-G? No, I spell coming C-U-M-M-I-N-G. Mm, but I don't okay. like... Why do you make this distinction? Because I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yucky. I don't like it. Also, I looked up the etymology of cum. Yeah, I want to know. And it comes from cum C-O-M-E. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Christy's like, so... If so, you're spelling it C-U-M, you no, wrong. You can do whatever you want. That's great. I'm just going to... I'm. I feel yeah. justified in being like, cool, I'll just spell it this way. Because I'm always writing it down, you know? I'm always writing it. I'm just spelling it in my head when I say it. <laughs> I was like, why do you write it so much? I had so many questions. Okay, second question. However, there is like this oh, yeah. dream I have of becoming like an erotic novelist. Oh, I for sure want to do that, but not in secret. And no one will know because oh. I didn't tell anyone because at I all. Have a pseudonym. <laughs> Which I'm not going to reveal today. <laughs> but I will. In yeah. A future episode. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Wait, don't you think that'd be so oh, fun? it'd be so fun. It'd what be a great so source of income, too. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. If you were, if you were, if you made enough people come C-O-M-E. <laughs> I think from now on, every time I say it, I'm just going to spell it, too. Just to oh, be sure. You'll be like, come C-O-M, and I'll be like, come C-O-M-E. <laughs> which one do you like, actually? I, I have wondered which one I like. I don't know. I think I've tried spelling them both ways. I tend, because I have some nerdiness about grammar uh-huh. for myself, is C-O-M-E. Uh-huh. Because I'm like, clearly that is the way. C-O-M feels like dirty, so I'm like, oh, it's kind of fun. Which is cool, yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, like when you're like, I'm a barista come teacher. <laughs> like, oh, what is that, that way? And it's, you're not, like, it's not related to that word at all. <laughs> a barista comes on your teacher job. You're like, what? I know. I always chuckle a little bit when I see that, but that's like when I will chuckle when people say things that are yeah. like, like, oh, yeah. Well, well, innuendo. I'm like, ah. yeah, because I have like the humor of a high schooler. Yeah. Me um, too. Uh, okay. Other thing you were talking about the middle ages and I always feel like maybe I don't watch a lot of movies with middle ages, but like, you know, period movies. Mm-hmm. I always identify with the people who get to have a lot of sex who are not the like <laughs> upper class people because they, they don't get to. They don't get to. Or at least the women people don't get to in those movies. Yeah, because they have to just like either stay a virgin or get married to someone or something. Yeah. And then they're like husband like, is like off having sex with the prostitutes and you're like, you're like that's like who I identify with. Prostit- I always identify with the prostitutes. That's always. Great. That's cool. Yeah. I think it just means you're in touch with your sensuality. I do too. I think it's Which great. as a human, congratulations because yeah. I feel like you should be in touch with your sensuality. Not like as a have to, but like what a great opportunity. It is. It's an opportunity to feel your own aliveness. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I experience it as. Yeah. Is another form of my aliveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, 
You were saying something about the Middle Ages, though. No. Oh, I, no, yeah, just that you identify yeah. with prostitutes yeah. in the Middle Ages. With the sex workers. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. I know. It's it's a more exciting Or, like, the thing. lower class people, right? Yeah. These show, movies yeah. are always, like, Who get like, so to, like, classes. do fun stuff yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they're, like, free. <laughs> they have yeah. no money. <laughs> I know. And it's probably a little glorified, but I feel like that's what I would rather have. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. really interesting to, like... Yeah, because if you're closer to, like, the overculture, then maybe you have to abide by more of the rules or something. Yeah. That's ah, weird. Yeah. Like, I'm always like, how do I be free? Yeah. Yeah. That's the right attitude. Yeah. That's the attitude that's, like, so sweet and tender. And I'm wondering if one path into that is being in the moment, right? Yeah. Or, like, in in the wherever you actually are is one way of being free because it's like totally like you have zero control over me because I'm here right and it's also free from you know whatever stories you might have in your own mind too yeah which I think is like I mean we didn't talk about this but I do think that that's something that gets in the way of orgasm Mm -hmm. and like just enjoyment of pleasure in general yeah to be in your head in a story and yeah making it mean something or like trying to control something or trying to like live up to some expectation yeah 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 that's cool so potentially passively we've come to the conclusion that the death card is also a freedom card, which I love. Ooh, I love that. That's and then it's so like this, great. and it's also like this, like time oh. freedom because you're actually like morphing time, like we talked about. Oh my gosh, this is with, so like, great! What a better cell magic this. with your with like the better. time disappearing when you orgasm, whatever uh-huh. it is. Uh huh. That's so awesome. I love it. Not a better reading, like a deeper, for me, it's a deeper reading of that card. Well, I feel like we, through conversation, came to a new meaning that could be meaningful for us. And I love it. I love it so much. That's so great. Ooh, I'm so thinking about time magic and cell magic now. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I've been super into cell magic lately. But now time magic. Mm. Okay. Okay. I think it's time to come (laughs) see you at me. (laughs) Yes. See what I mean. (laughs) And read a question from our many devoted listeners. Yes, because it's time for You've Got (laughs) Mail. (laughs) Starring Tom Spanks and Meg Fryan. Meg (laughs) Fryan. Ooh, Tom Spanks and Meg is crying now, but it's a good kind of crying. Yeah, a good kind of cry. This is not a question. I see two words in front of me. They say furry conventions. <laughs> okay, we're going to set a timer. Oh, good. I'm so glad you remembered that part. Because yeah. I could talk about this for a long time. Really? Wow. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say because I don't know that I have a single thought about it. Okay. Ready and begin. Okay, I will. Uh, well, first of all, I was listening to my favorite podcast, which is called uh, this paranormal life, and it stars my two crushes, Kit and Rory, yeah. who I've never written to, but I will someday. Yeah. And they were talking about Furbies and how they've been doing research about Furbies because sometimes you can turn them evil or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But then they were like, "Oh, actually, haven't you been researching furries?" <laughs> and so then I was thinking about Kit and Rory. Okay. But yeah, furry conventions. I'm not against it. Are you, do you have any problems? With oh, it? I I don't have I don't think I have many feelings about furry conventions I think what a great thing 
for people to have a place to gather to meet other people mm-hmm. who are into things they're into. This is the thing. I'm really into costumes. Yes. And I don't know. I would be worried about like being like too cute as a furry and getting a lot of attention and then being like, well, I'm actually not really in it for the sex stuff. <laughs> well, my question is, is like, is everyone who's a furry into it for the sex stuff? I have that question too. And like, I will say that I've talked to people about this and they're like, no, it's just people who really like anthropomorphized animal human things. And I'm like, okay, well, I love wolves. Am I like, I was <laughs> a, a little wolf girl. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. But I don't know. And yeah, and then I like costumes. So there's yeah. like some overlap for me. And like me. playing dress up is fun. Yeah. But I am, I feel like. I think more research is warranted. Yeah. I've been mistaken for a furry before. When you wear your little bear ears. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> That's just another thing I do. <laughs> Turns out Christy is a furry. <laughs> no. What we've come to this evening in our last 10 seconds of You've Got Mail. <laughs> I was wearing a little wolf hat and I was at Rainbow Gathering and I slept in someone's tent and they were like, oh, furry! <laughs> Timer up. <laughs> I never have to say anything ever again. <laughs> so I might be in my pants. <laughs> well, dude, you're just peeing on the floor. I'm going to start the outro of our podcast. We've come to the end of this beautiful episode. So lovely. We hope you've enjoyed that. As always, we thank you for listening and playing. Mm. <laughs> if you have an episode idea, a hilarious dating story, or a question for You've Got Mail. Yeah, please. Please, please write to us at datesofourlivespodcast at gmail.com. We are an Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and share with all of your flings, dates, exes, besties. Furries. Furries. <laughs> and follow us on Instagram at Dates of Our Lives Pod. Or on our website, Dates of Our Lives Podcast.podbean.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is an excerpt from Protecting What's His by Tessa Bailey. Derek's hands dropped the hem of her t shirt, skimming up and over her rib cage before taking her naked breasts in his hands. His fingers pulled lightly on her nipples before soothing them in circles with his palms. She seemed to love that. Her head turned toward him, seeking his mouth for a kiss, and Derek obliged. He kissed her the way he sensed she wanted it, thorough and dirty. He licked at her until she protested, then punished her mouth for daring to ask for more. Derek, please, please. She reached down with one hand and tried to pull off her t-shirt. No, no. The shirt stays on. Why? Because I want to see your naked breasts. If I'm going to suck, if I'm going to want to suck, (laughs) because I want to see them. Why isn't you taking the shirt off? Because if I see your naked breasts, I'm going to want to suck your pretty little nipples. And if I suck your nipples, I'm going to need to bury my cock inside you. She moaned against his neck, her sexy ass writhing against his rampant hard on. In that moment, he swore he'd never wanted anything more in his life than to bend Ginger forward and take what he already considered his. Ginger!